This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri land, and this is The Full Story. How Fortescue became one of the world's largest iron ore operators. Tell you how, just like, just like in a second. Fortescue is one of the world's largest iron ore producers and one of Australia's biggest companies. Last month, it celebrated its 20th anniversary at a star studded event featuring rock legend Jimmy Barnes. But over the past week, The revolving door at the executive level of the Fortescue group of companies, led by mining billionaire Andrew Forrest, has continued. News that three of its most senior staff have suddenly resigned drastically dropped the value of Fortescue's shares and raised big questions about billionaire founder Andrew Forrest's green vision for the company. Today, what's going on with Fortescue? It's Thursday, the 7th of September. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Jonathan, last week we learned that three very senior figures left Fortescue all of a sudden, all in the space of a week. Who are they and what's happened? It certainly was a very tumultuous week for Fortescue. Jonathan Barrett is a senior business reporter for Guardian Australia. Actually, on the same day as they were reporting their annual results, they put out a note to investors to say that the chief executive, Fiona Hick, uh, would be leaving. Miss Hick only joined Fortescue in February after a year-long search to to replace the former chief executive, Elizabeth Gaines. Generally, CEOs tend to serve about five-year terms. Uh, Fiona had only been in that role for about six months, so that was quite a shock. Now, the way that they structure Fortescue, she was the chief executive of the metals division. So this is all the iron ore and really where all the revenue comes from. So a very, very prominent role. Mm. A couple of days later... The departure of Fiona Hick after, what, less than six months was a shock and now there's more to come. Yeah, Christine Morris, we barely knew you. After three months in the job, now the CFO has gone. We had the Chief Financial Officer, Christine Morris, also announced that she was leaving. And she replaced the long-serving CFO, Ian Wells, and he left in January. Uh, She had actually only been in the role uh, for a few weeks. Wow. And, I mean, those two roles, a CEO of the mining division, the CFO of the mining division, are very big roles. 
And on top of that, we had Guy DeBell. With former Reserve Bank Deputy Governor Guy DeBell resigning overnight. Mr DeBell's departure from the board of Fortescue Future Industries caps off a tumultuous week for the mining company, which lost... A very prominent central banker in Australia. He was hired there with much fanfare last year. He was brought on as the chief financial officer of the energy business. That was kind of the future of Fortescue. And then he announced after about 17 months with the company that he was leaving it altogether. So you put those three together, all happening within a few days, and there were more than a few questions from shareholders. Mm. It's not normal for such a major company to have this type of turnover. And to give you a bit of a flavour of the investor sentiment, well, when we had the first resignation, the share price kind of wobbled and then it recovered. But when we had the next two, it dropped about 5% in a matter of uh, actually minutes of trading, and that was on Friday. And so at the start of the week, you had a company worth about $66 billion, and and by the end of the week, uh, it was closer to $61 billion. Literally billions of dollars lost in the space of a week. Why were investors so concerned? Why do these senior resignations matter so much? Fortescue is a very big business. It's the fourth biggest iron ore miner in the world. It's among the top 10 biggest companies in Australia. And so that comes with not just a lot of employees, but in terms of what it produces. And so while there always be turnover at companies, when you have people leaving, in some cases, in a matter of, after a matter of weeks, it shows that there's a problem. And we're still trying to get a better understanding of what that is. Is there a cultural problem? Is there a problem over the the vision uh, or the execution of the plans at Fortescue? Either way, people know there's a, a problem with such high turnover. What do we know so far about why these senior staff have left? We haven't yet heard publicly from the people who have left. So we really, I'm really keen to hear um, some of their reasons behind it. The concern among some investors is that if people are leaving because they have raised any objections or want to go a slightly different direction or want to go slower or want to go faster, then that's not necessarily a good thing from a governance perspective and just having that robust debate that should occur in boardrooms. Mm. Fortescue itself has not given substantive reasons behind the resignations. So it has talked about them being mutually agreed. And when I approached Fortescue, uh, it didn't articulate any further than it had already to the stock exchange. Mm. The Fortescue founder and executive chairman, Andrew Forrest, did give an interview to The Australian and this is a quote, you either get on the bus or get off the bus, but you make the choice. No one was pushed. Forrest said he was not to blame for the rapid hiring and firing of staff. So what he is saying is people are making the choice to leave if they're not on board with the vision of the company. Right. And what is Andrew Forrest's so-called green vision for the company? Where Where is this bus he's talking about going exactly? 
Fortescue is the fourth biggest iron ore miner in the world. It's created um, this business. You could say, or certainly the company says, against the odds it took on companies like Rio Tinto and BHP to be a major iron ore miner and exporter from the Pilbara. What the company is now trying to do is it is continuing on the mining route, but it's also creating a clean energy division. And so on the mining side, by 2030, it wants to decarbonize its mines. And if you think of all everything that goes into mining from uh, the dump trucks to the power needed to the excavators to the trains that then take the ore away to the ships that they get put on, there is a lot of use of fossil fuels and he wants to decarbonise this process by 2030. So let's keep fossil fuel going, but only as long as we need to. And let's do everything we need to switch to a green future. And unlike other companies in the energy space, they're not relying on offsets to do so. Green electricity, green ammonia and green hydrogen can cover 100% of the world's carbon emissions. So there's this focus on completely removing carbon from the mining process. And at the same time, they're building a green energy arm. There are a number of projects that they are assessing uh, and it's going to be global. They're looking at exporting green ammonia. They're looking at a hydrogen project in Norway. And a lot of those projects they've they're going to make final investment decisions on very soon and we'll get a clearer picture of what the next few years is going to look like at Fortescue. But they are going so far to say that within about a decade, that green energy arm might actually rival the size of its iron ore arm. Wow, that's a huge transition in a relatively short amount of time. That's half of the time that it's even been around as an iron ore company. And Forrest seems really determined to see this through. Why do you think that is? There are two main reasons he's pursuing this. Firstly is he sees the writing on the wall in terms of climate change. And so he talks about this in somewhat altruistic terms, that this is what the company needs to do. And he's very critical of other companies in the energy space, uh, which may have made promises uh, in terms of decarbonising or transitioning their business, but are not being aggressive enough. So he is quite adamant that just as a society, this is what needs to happen. Uh, the other one is the business case. He sees this as the potential like clean energy making a great business case and ultimately having uh, that type of business will be very lucrative for shareholders. So he's trying to bring investors on board with that. And given the foundation they now have in iron ore, there's a lot of money coming in the company that can be used to invest in um, sometimes quite labour-intensive project construction. It almost seems like a contradiction in terms of turning a mining company into a green energy company in a really short space of time. How have investors received this plan so far? Some are really on board with the vision and happy to back Forrest really with whatever he does. Others um, are a little bit more cautious. 
because it's business. I need you to know, it's business which is causing global warming. It's business. He's made some pretty dramatic comments. Uh, At a recent forum in Perth, he talked a lot about lethal humidity. Which will kill your children. It's business which is responsible for lethal humidity. And that is essentially when humidity gets so great that you overheat and die. But it's policies which guide business. You must hold us to account. Don't let us, with our clever advertising, blame you, the consumer, or you, the public or individual. That's rubbish. Business, guided by government, will either destroy or save this planet. Now, on the one hand, he's raising really relevant points and he's actually trying to tackle these issues. On the other hand, to a business forum, uh, these type of comments, I guess, can be seen as alarmist and not really bringing people on board with his vision. And certainly that presentation, which was also sent out to all shareholders, has just added to some of the scepticism and some of the volatility that's been happening otherwise in the wider business. Andrew Forrest has also been quoted as saying he wants to, quote, fail fast um, when it comes to this strategy. But how realistic is it if three of Fortescue's senior team, including Guy DeBell from the clean energy business, are, according to him, not on board with it? It depends on how much you trust Andrew Forrest. Some people are on board and are willing to trust that vision and, and not just trust that what he wants to do is, is a good thing, but actually trust that it can be a profitable thing as, as well. His history is really interesting. He worked or he founded um, Anaconda Nickel, which was going to be a major company and it ended up losing a lot of people a lot of money. And he then got his second chance through pursuing the Fortescue and its iron ore dreams. And there were a lot of sceptics at the time. He had to build a miner in the Pilbara that was dominated already by BHP and Rio. He needed to get access to railways um, because otherwise the iron ore was going to be stuck there. He needed to form agreements with overseas customers, mainly in China. And it has been financially a huge success. So the question now is, will he be able to replicate that with the new vision? Next. More challenges ahead for Fortescue's green vision. of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. 
Plus, every single Borough order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at borough.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at borough.com slash ACAST. So, Jonathan, Andrew Forrest stepped back as CEO of Fortescue in 2011, but he still seems to be very much setting the future direction of the company with his green vision, even though that's normally the job of the current CEO. So how much influence does Forrest still have over the company in his current role as chairman? He has enormous influence. That influence comes from a few areas. Andrew Forrest is the founder of Fortescue, but it is a public company. And so in one respect, he is one among many other shareholders. And for quite a long period of time, he took a step back and let the then chief executives run the business. But there was a change in 2022. And what happened then is Forrest came back in, and the title is executive chairman. And what that means is that all of the leaders in the business ultimately will report through to him and the board. The leaders of the company are reporting to him. He has this huge shareholding in the company as well. And he is now driving uh, not just the vision of the company, but how they should get there. It's also been a pretty tumultuous time for Andrew Forrest personally too. He separated from his wife, Nicola Forrest, after 31 years of marriage earlier this year. How does that go on to affect Fortescue? It's too early to tell. It's one of those issues that's kind of on the sidelines at the moment, but it could flare up. Mm. So together they had more than a, a one-third shareholding in Fortescue. The actual division of assets is still being worked out, but there have been some moves to put more of the shares into Nicola Forrest under her control. But what we know from past experience when power couples might separate is that you never quite know what is going to happen. At some stage, uh, one or two might want to draw some money out of the business and put it somewhere else. Uh, They might disagree on the direction of the business. So while at the moment there's been really no change to the share structure of Fortescue, It's still very early. This split has only uh, announced very recently. Well, I mean, completely separate to all of the upheaval we've been talking about regarding uh, the company's transition to clean energy and Andrew Forrest's own personal life, Fortescue's also in a really long, complex legal battle with the Injibandi. They're the traditional owners of land that the company mines on in Western Australia. Can you tell us about that? This fight with uh, Yinjibandi has been going on almost for as long as Fortescue has existed. The native title holders there have been waiting for years for, I guess, the last part of a very long uh, legal process. They're seeking hundreds of millions of dollars in royalties and there also could be compensation for alleged damage to cultural sites at the Solomon Iron Ore Hub in the Pilbara, which is where the iron ore gets extracted Mm. on uh, Yinjibandi land. And Fortescue certainly isn't conceding that it needs to pay this amount of money. But that's a protracted legal battle that has occurred that could potentially... uh, end up being a lot of money that Fortescue needs to pay. And I think also 
from a reputation aspect, it could show that the some of the criticism levelled at the company over the years has been accurate, that they did actually owe this money. Mm. Well, Andrew Forrest is a complicated man. He's made his fortune in mining and is now sort of a self-styled eco-warrior. He's also donated billions of dollars to Indigenous communities, but he's also drawn criticism from them, especially in this case that we've just been discussing. What do you make of these kinds of contradictions? Andrew Forrest is very successful and determined person. To, to some extent, he was able to create Fortescue against the odds. Uh, Fortescue, it's made some people great wealth and it has been very good for Australia and its broader economy. And if you think of the workers, uh, I've spoken to many, many employees at Fortescue over the years who've said, you know, it, because of this company, I can they can afford a nice house for their family and, and so on. It's now got this vision of turning into a green energy uh, powerhouse, which is an unusual vision for a company that is in the resources field. And then on the other hand, as we're seeing within Jabandi, um, there are people who feel they've been left out of this process and have been, actually been hard done. So it's complex. Mm. Well, you've been reporting on Fortescue for a long time. Both Andrew Forrest and Fortescue seem to be right in the centre of this huge transition and there's a lot of upheaval that seems to be going with it. What do you think this period represents in Fortescue's 20-year history? This is the most pivotal point since they became an iron ore producer. There was much scepticism early on whether they could actually compete with the likes of BHP and Rio, and they have proven that that they can. They then had a very stable period, stable chief executives in that role, and they just, it was a very simple business. You just extract more iron ore and sell more iron ore. They had now trying to transition into a completely different company one where the green energy business will actually eventually surpass their mining operations. It really is starting a new company from scratch, except they have the very nice head start of having an iron ore business that can funnel millions upon millions of dollars into this vision that Andrew Forrest has. It's a huge challenge and the question is, will... Andrew Forrest deliver for a second time. That was Jonathan Barrett. He's a senior business reporter for Guardian Australia. You can check out his article about the recent high-profile resignations at Fortescue, which goes into more detail about the concerns investors are currently having. It's called, As Senior Executives Depart Andrew Forrest's Fortescue Mining, Shareholders Are Left Asking, What Is Going On? We'll post a link to that article on the Full Story website. And if you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe or follow Full Story wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also leave a review. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Alison Chan. Sound design, mixing and our theme music was by Joe Koning. The executive producer was Hannah Parks. I'm Jane Lee. Catch you next time.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.